This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box, a hard cross, McBride scores! It's 3-0, United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Oh, lots to get to today. This is our big seven-part and in each episode, there are nine subsections yep. of the seven-parter. I- MLS preview is what we're doing. We're going to break down not just every conference, not just every team in every conference. We are going to go in-depth on the second squads, the reserve squads for Entire each of these. schedule. Yep, going through all that. We're going to go into free agency for each team. We're going to look at how much GAM mm. and illegal TAM they have. I have TAM, done I think, my is homework. TAM is dead, baby. But Tam it lives dead? here. I think I think it's just Gam now. I think Rest it's all, in peace, Tam. It's all general allocation money. No, it's really you can't, a bummer. You're not allowed to target the money at anyone. You have to just generally throw it at people. You can't target it towards anyone. Or I don't know. Anyway, we're doing none of that, actually. What we are doing is a kind of very high-level, surfacey Columbus Crew season preview. And then we'll talk about Champions League, which was Perhaps one of the most bonkers games I've ever seen <laughs> in my life this past week Jesus. between Real Madrid and Liverpool, which uh, didn't go well for Liverpool. Nope, started off Spo- great. Spoiler alert. Didn't end well. No. Hate to see it. Did not. <laughs> you feel so bad about mm. that. Uh, and also, we'll get into the Major League Soccer playoffs, which were very easy to under... Uh, Morgan Hughes nailed this. Our guy, Morgan Hughes, uh, said on Twitter, he has a spot on... The MLS playoff format was so easy to understand. MLS was like, we can't have that. Like, we got to make this difficult. My eyes went cross when I was reading about it yesterday. It's so dumb. By the way, Soccer Podcast Day Wednesday this week. Yeah, we're getting it done early, so we won't have the second part of the Champions League games from this week, but that's okay. You know what? Next week, we can go over those. Mm, That's right. That's, you know what? Good call, because there will be a next week, (laughs) because there always is a next week. We've always got another podcast to do, buddy. You know it. Um, All right, so let's start with a... I guess we'll start with a crew season preview. Um, I'm not sure which of these things you want to start off with Beamer, but I just threw down some quick notes. Um, first off, I have who is the captain now, mm. as opposed to I am the captain now, because we don't Look know. Look at who me, the Irish. Mm-hmm. I'm the captain now. That's right. Um, was this offseason a success? I wrote down and I actually typed this onto a, a document. Big Wilfred style. I don't know if I want to go with big big Wilfred style or not, but whatever. What kind of style will uh, Wilfred Nancy play? I got to be honest. I know his name is pronounced Nancy. Wilfred Nancy. Yes, but when you say Nancy real fast a bunch of times, Nancy. you suddenly get flagged by Twitter and Facebook That's and Instagram. True. So just be careful is what I'm saying with how you pronounce. Be very actually pronounce his name. Why don't name. we just do Will the French Fred thing and Nancy. drop the last letter. Nance. Wilfred Nance. There you go. And, and That's then a we'll, little bit better. And then let's do the hockey thing where we give him a nickname that is like, oh, it's just Will. Willie. Yeah. Oh, 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 Nance? Nanzi? Words, they'll actually ch- take his Freeder. nickname and be like, his like, <laughs> That's definitely his hockey nickname. <laughs> Freeder. There it is. <laughs> My best ever was with Cam Atkinson, whose, nick, whose name is Cam. That's a nickname. Yep. And they were like, oh, Cammer? And it's like, that. now you've added it. You've doubled his name. I co- Why? used to call him Clam. Clam. he was from New England. That's right. Clam. I, where did that come from? No idea. Clam Atkinson, though. Yeah. I remember us talking about clams. That was good. Um, all right. So anything, any just initial thoughts you want to throw out on the crew, Beamer? Like, are you? I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I'll tell I you don't that either. much. I don't either. Uh, I think we can get into was the offseason excess a success? That's a big TBD for me, which is the best thing to do for podcasting and radio. And hey, we'll just see how this <laughs> unfolds, right? See what happens. But there really is. Uh, so, I, what were your expectations coming into this season? Because it does feel like, and we touched on this a little bit last week, and here we are, crew playing at Philly this weekend. Um, I just this offseason, like you got off to a good start by by assigning Wilfried Nancy as, as your manager. Like, and that was all the way back in December. Like he's a long time, you know, to kind of get his mitts around this team and figure out, all right, this is what I want to do and play style. We still haven't heard like what they are going to be doing. And I mean, we have a guess as to what positions and what strategies and what formations they're going to do. But after that initial, initial hiring of him, 
they've just to me it's been so malaise. It's like, all right, yeah. this is a good off season. We're gonna, you know, identify this guy or we're gonna bring in some young players and from crew two, we're gonna give them real looks. And now I do think some of the younger players will have a lot of opportunities with this team, but I'm almost waiting and standing pat until the summer transfer window to see really what this team can do. Like I Yeah. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, so here's a few things on that. You're right. This offseason was like pretty boring. And then a week and a half ago, two yeah. weeks ago, it was like all hell broke loose with it, but not in good ways. So early on in the offseason, Pedro Santos was told surplus to mm-hmm. your requirements here. See you later. That one was shocking to me. I know there are people who hate Pedro Santos, didn't think he was that good, thought he was overrated. If you were looking for him to be an offensive juggernaut, sure, he'd be considered a disappointment. Pedro Santos was one of the most versatile and dynamic players that you had as far as being able to whip balls in, being able to be dangerous in the offensive third. Now, I'm not saying he scored a ton of goals, and I'm not saying all those chances were always just perfect, but he also could play 90 minutes of left back and give you that. He could play really sound tactically in many ways, depending on where you wanted to put him, that gave your manager some options. Nobody was confusing him for Alfonso Davies, but... No, no, but he was... He's one of those guys who who knows how to play in MLS and knows how to get the job done in MLS. And you just said, yeah, we don't need him. Let's he'll go to DC now and play for one of the teams that was supposedly a rival of the Mm -hmm. crews. I always still consider them a rival. I don't know anybody else in the front office remembers that they're a rival or that they treat it that way. Well, but they're now 29 teams, but we got to have a rivalry with each individual team. Yeah, but this that? is one that we had when there were 10 teams yeah. and, that, <laughs> and we were the first one and then they were one of the other ones and then that was it. But whatever. Anyway, let's throw that history out the window because, hey, there's a new team in Cincinnati. Let's make that the rival. Ah. Can't have any of the old rivalries. Can't just focus. No, we got to focus on the crap, stupid well, and team the that's Nash- better and than the us. And the Nashville rivalry too. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, I forgot about Nashville. And our, Austin. Well, and our geographic rival, San Jose, as yes. everyone knows, <laughs> which is where one of your other players just got traded to. That's what I mean. It's like Pedro Santos, nothing. Like, then nothing happened. And then oh, two weeks before the season, you trade away your captain, which we talked about. Jonathan Mensa goes away. Made no sense to me. Derek Still Etienne, doesn't. gone. Yeah, Derek Etienne. They said, we don't need him. We don't need him in his, like, double-digit goal total or whatever yeah. it was. Now we don't need that. On a team that, you know, didn't exactly score a ton of goals last year and certainly had its problems defensively. Let's get rid of guys who were doing both of those things last year. I guess maybe, a successful first team level. Yes. And and instead, and I know, and I don't mean that I'm not throwing any shade at our champions of this city, the, the Capybaras. Okay. They are champions. They deserve the crown, but let's not confuse Capybara success with guaranteed MLS These guys will just come up and roll right into the first 11 and they'll be fine. And if they do, Awesome. Awesome. That's found money. But the idea that that's just, I know there are a lot of people who spent a lot of time and money and effort thinking and caring about the Capybaras in the second team. You know, crew two is awesome. I'm glad to see the improvement of crew two or the improvement. It's one season. They won a championship. They're great. What I'm saying is I can't then just say, well, just bring some of those dudes up and it's just going to work. I hope one or two of them does like Mo Farsi came up last year, right? Jason Russell Rowe. You've got guys coming up from crew two. Now they're going to contribute, but is that a guarantee that it's just all they're going to come up and be legit? I'm not talking about they can play in MLS. I'm saying, are they going to be legit guys in MLS that you can bank on? Yes. That I, I'd love to hope so. But I think Jason Russell Rose, the guy, if, if we're going to be, let's, doing, hope, let's hope so. If we're going to be doing that a lot on this dude's platter, like which guy from crew two will have the most success to me. It's, it's Jason Russell Rose. Right. Okay. I, hope I was, so. I, it was in a wicked, not a Wikipedia wormhole. You know how we have, um, What's it, transfer marked, right? Transfer yeah. market, whatever it is. Yeah. Like Jason Russell Rowe was is the on the lowest rating scale, whatever it is worth, like contract wise and transfer value, and around a million dollars for Jason Russell Rowe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a guy who came up to the crew last year, real pretty good uh, yeah. in his first action in MLS. It's great with crew too, as well. Like if we're saying there's one guy that, and I'm with you on this, there are going to be. And this is just the way of the sport. There are more. There will be more players that will not be able to make that jump immediately. Like, it's hard to do when you're 17, 18, 19, 20 years old to go against guys that are, have been playing in the league for 10, 12 years, like, at that same consistent level. Because, as you know, when you're 20 years old or whatever, like, are you fully functioned? No. Are no. you great on your days? But the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows are so much greater 
it's such a greater ocean. But like Jason Russell Rowe, I think he's got that in him. But like you mentioned, unfortunately, more of these guys will not pan out than they do. That's just the way. That's just the way of right. sports. Well, I'm just I'm just saying, don't confuse it with we'll just bring these guys up and it'll be no problem. We've yeah. got res- we've got reserves. It's like no, you may have guys who can play in MLS who might be good MLS replacement level type players. Guys who might be slightly above that. What we're talking about is trying to win a championship. And and they did win a championship last year, but I just can't immediately say, oh, all these guys will just fill all the holes that you have. As that's basically been the offseason for the crew is let's add some guys from crew two, uh, which they brought up a few more guys. Let's bring in Jimmy Madronda from Seattle, who's an often injured guy who, yeah, when he's healthy, he's a solid contributor who can kind of, you know, do some good things for you. But he's got a motor. He's one of those like, Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, guys that Caleb Porter would have loved, yeah. which is kind of funny that now he's here. But like, but that's that's his mo. Is like he's a motor guy, he's a hustle guy, and already this preseason he's got a couple knocks. And he like he was injured last year, and he so when when healthy, good. But an older player, not a young guy. Christian Ramirez, an older player mm-hmm. who can on yeah he knows how to play in MLS. Sure, older guy. So maybe those guys will fill some of these holes. I am still skeptical of that. Um, I, I want to backtrack on what I said too. not pan out. I don't think that I meant to say at a, at a fast pace level this year. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's, that's, I know, but even then, you know what? It's not unfair to say that crew two players may not ever pan out as like MLS, sure. like starting 11 guys for their whole career. Yeah. There's a reason why they went through the crew two route. Sometimes they're diamonds in the rough that get found that way. And they turn out to be major stars who get sold and, traded to other teams across the pond and make tens of millions of dollars trading them on. Or they're guys that are just like, Hey man, there's a, I remember for the Clippers many years ago, I used to go every year and it'd be this guy, Bubba Carpenter. And it'd be like, Oh, there's, there's Bubba Carpenter again. Bobby Carpenter's cousin. No, but who's, whose dad is, is it Bubba Carpenter? It's Bubba something. Maybe it's not Bubba Carpenter. I thought it was Bubba Carpenter. Well, whatever. Anyway, the point is I want to say that guy's like kid ended up being a good player. And I'm just blanking on it. It's Bobby Carpenter. That's who it is. <laughs> no. Anyway, let's move on. Cause I, I'm probably over my depth on that. I know there was a dude though. There were dudes on the Clippers that just played all the time. And every year you come back and be like, Oh, that guy's still here. Cause he's a triple a minor league player. That's what he was. I'm just saying there are going to be some guys on crew two who are really good. And that's their level. It was that catcher for the reds who played for forever. And he played down with the Louisville bats for like 15 Corky Miller. Yeah. You're, you're talking right. about Corky Miller. Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, I'm just saying it's it's okay for that to be a thing. Bubba Carpenter is a dude, by the way. He's a baseball player. So right. I wasn't I wasn't wrong. You're correct. Yeah. He yeah, he played like one year in the in the bigs. In the show. Yeah, that's right. All right. Anyway, um, so let's move on. There's other things to talk about here with the crew. Uh we'd mentioned it earlier. We should tackle it real quick. Who's the captain? Jonathan Mensa gets traded out, gone. You get allocation money, which I'm told will be used to fix problems and Oh, did you hear that, by the way? That was always a good opening press conference that you have for your media day yeah. when your GM of the team has to invoke a worldwide tragedy to tell you why they haven't brought in a player yet to fill the holes. Did you catch that from Bezbachenko? No. Yeah, he said, uh, we were looking at some players. We have a list of guys. One of the guys we are looking at, unfortunately, uh, the Turkish earthquake threw a wrench into those plans. And now it looks like he may or may not be available. We're not sure. Okay. So, so, so the crew had a guy apparently that was going to play, that was playing in Turkey, or I don't know what the situation is. They didn't really elaborate, but he invoked the Turkish earthquake to explain one of the reasons why they couldn't. Okay. That's well, that's too bad. Right. Or I'm just saying bending. It's the first press conference of the season and you're like well if it wasn't for that damn earthquake we might have had a guy who could really do some things and it's like great great so that's so our excuse is that the global makes me earthquake. real excited yeah well i'm just saying uh that doesn't make me feel like they've got a huge plan yeah you know what i mean like and and you can say oh that's just bad luck well yeah of course it's horrible tragedy we, no one expected that and we obviously our thoughts are with everybody over there that's a horrible situation i just I couldn't believe that was like, well, you know, if it wasn't for that earthquake, we, we'd have this all fixed. It just, it struck me as odd. It struck me. Maybe that is the case. Don't say it. Right. Don't bring it up. Speaking of don't say it. Maybe if you're tasked with being the new business manager person 
uh, business operations. Kristen Bernard is her name. Uh, she she so, called. Well, she'd probably want to walk this back. I would think so. She called Columbus quote the new and improved Austin, Texas. Like pick pick any other town. <laughs> Any, any other city you want to that's known other, for like tech and everybody's going there and Palo it's a big Alto. Yeah. We want to be the new Silicon Valley. That's right. We sure. want to be the new Chicago. We want to be the new New York. Heck, we even want to be new Montreal with Wilfred Nancy taking over. There you go. Whatever town. Don't say we're the new and improved. I mean, I get like it. I heard it at first and I'm like, oh, she's trying to say, hey, Austin, you were yesterday crew is or columbus is now not the crew she was speaking specifically to the columbus city and it's like well anywhere else in the country if you said that they'd be like oh the new austin texas tell me more here you know when you say austin texas everyone just goes so maybe just maybe avoid any comparisons of this place to austin especially if the austin franchise that we all hate is kicking ass Mm -hmm. uh maybe don't reference how good they're doing with the guy who used to be an assistant here and then he left because you chose Caleb Porter over him and now they are playing really well now we won a championship with Caleb Porter so mm-hmm. fair argument to be made but Josh Wolf their head coach was here and probably would have taken the job if we offered it you instead gave it to Caleb Porter so just saying she's gonna want to run that back not it's a it. lesson learned yeah just that, that's it's not, a lesson hey it's a lesson learned that's not great it's it's not great to compare, yeah. Don't don't compare us to crew Austin. fans. Always let things slide under the rug too. Well, yeah, no <laughs> one's the, no the one's ever gonna just that. yeah. You're, but but also <laughs> I will just to not make that too big of a thing. But I will also just add, this is a thing about Columbus in general. Don't you? I don't know, Beam. If you feel this way, I've always hated it when people are like Columbus, comma Ohio, when they'll say like New York, San Diego, mm-hmm. Dallas, Chicago. Columbus, comma Ohio. I always say it when it's like. Well, because we don't know which Columbus you're talking about. Yes, yes you, you do. do. Columbus, Indiana, the home of Tony Stewart. You're not talking Columbus, about that. Georgia. Columbus, Georgia. You're not talking about that. You're talking about the 15th largest city in the country, Columbus. <laughs> we know which city it is. So when you compare us to other places, that's also not a fun thing for a lot of Columbus people because we're like, hey, we think Columbus is cool. You don't have to say you don't even have to say we're the new Silicon Valley or we're the new whatever or the new New York City or whatever you want to do. We're Columbus. We're Columbus. Be we Columbus. Like Be proud of being Columbus and don't reference other cities. That's why but- I like it. <sighs> That's why you like it. Could you imagine going to like a Marvel press conference and being like, the new Spider-Man is is going to be like the new Batman? <laughs> it's so, and then all the all the Marvel fans are like you reference DC, like people will be like, well, shut up, nerd. It's like no, those nerds care about that. It's important. You so don't bring up me. Damn you don't it. invoke the DC universe to describe Marvel. That's what you're doing with Austin and Columbus, Kristen. Don't do that. That's Don't not great. Piss off the nerds. Well, and I'm a nerd. I am too. I'm, I'm of the nerds. I'm just <laughs> yes. saying. I'm not saying that with any disparagement. I'm saying, yeah. Bone, I'm listening to Lord of the Rings book on tape. <laughs> All right. Look at you. Yeah. Look at me go. Who got to read that? By the way, was I hope they got someone who sounds very Gandalfy yeah, or something. Yeah, they did a good job. Okay, good. I don't know who's. I, well, whatever. It. That's probably better, right? That it's not someone's voice you know. First time that I, the first book, I tried to lay down and listen to it as a sleep story. Mm. Like turn it on for forty five minutes, fall asleep. Stayed up for three hours. Oh wow! I'm like, it's really? too good for me to fall asleep to. I'll tell you what, that uh, that guy who wrote that book, he knew what he was doing. J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes, Tolkien. I don't know why. In my head, I knew it was I knew it was J something Tolkien. I couldn't Jason remember. Jason Russell Rowe. But I kept saying <laughs> J.K. Simmons, and it's like, nope, <laughs> that's not right. J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling, J.K. Simmons, J.R.R. Yeah. Tolkien, J.R.R. George R.R. R. Martin, George. Man, everyone has good initials in all of those. They're not all writers, but some of most of them were. J.K. J.K. Simmons. No, J.K. Simmons, not the yeah see, good writer for music and whiplash. again. I'm such a smart nerd. Do you see how nerdy I got all those <laughs> things? I got them all right. I'm just so good at this. Anyway, I'm a terrible. I'm a I'm a terrible nerd, is what I'm saying. Um. All right. So yeah, don't reference Austin. By the way, we never answered who the captain's going to be. I was, I was be. literally going to say, so who's your who's your yeah. captain? The captain to me is Darlington Nagby. Yeah, me too. And I don't even know, like, Darlington Nagby certainly has a presence in the locker room, respected presence. 
I view him more like a Rick Nash, not to keep invoking other Columbus sports properties, but Rick Nash was always a guy who I think was a talented player who then could lead by example, maybe a little more than a, I'm going to get up in the middle of the room and rah, rah, everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go to work and do my thing. And you're going to learn by example. I feel like that's more of what Darlington Nagby is. I'll tell you who's got it probably in the waiting in the next few years, though, if he sticks around. Aiden Morris could be a guy because everyone he won the Kirk Urso Hart Award last year for the team, which is the award they give out to players that are most exemplary of the locker room culture and uh, players seem to, you know, really buy in. They think that that guy gets it to be a crew player Mm -hmm. and and that, you know, he's kind of a leader of the team as well. Could see if, you know, if Darlington Nagby wasn't here, I could see Aiden Morris being close to stepping into that type of role too. If he's got that level of respect in the locker room. But, you know, again, I'm not in there. I'm just looking at that from the outside in. It's also a lot to put on a platter of a young player like that. Oh, yeah, it totally is. I'm not saying but But to that point, those two guys are probably my biggest key to the season for this team. If they stay healthy now, especially with what we think formationally from Wilfred Nancy is going to be uh, some form of a three-back mm-hmm. defensive line as opposed to a four-back, you know, line back there. That typically means you're going to have two defensive midfielders in a five-person midfield, and that means those two guys are going to have to play very well off each other. Obviously, our tour is gone, Mm -hmm. so it's Aiden Morris's job full-time. Like It's him and Darlington Nagby playing off of each other and hopefully getting that right. Great person to learn from. Aiden Morris obviously showed what he could do in MLS Cup a few years ago. He's got to continue to grow and mold into that. He got the U.S. national team cap now, so yep. he, career is progressing. And now it's time for him to have a real, like, start to finish, huge MLS season. I where agree he's, with where that. He's border, like, I don't know if he's going to get to be a best eleven player in MLS, but that's like, that's the trajectory he needs to be on. And I'm and I'm I know it's lofty expectations, but that's how good I think he can be. I just think expectations for him this year would be week in week out game day in and out in the lineup yeah right i know yeah. the injury big injury of course a couple of years ago rehabs like an every day when wilfried nancy is putting together the starting 11 like one of the first names on the board darlington nagby and then it's Aiden Aiden morris, morris right after like you gotta to you gotta be one of the first people on there yeah yeah i think i think that's it and i think those two being able to link up a little bit better with you know, the front line, the attack of this team. It was just so discombobulated last year. Well, a lot of times it felt like it was Darlington Nagby had, like, there was, like, all this possession in the back, and then it would be, like, get the ball to Nagby, and then now there's, it was, like, two triangles, and he was at the point of Mm -hmm. two triangles where it's, like, defensively, you should be able to just pinch that right off and break the little triangle points and never connect the two, right? right? If you can just stop him... Now you have to be able, and hopefully Aiden Morris can grow in that way too, because Aiden Aiden Morris is a ball winner. He's going to rock your world. Like that's that's what we love to see, right? Mm-hmm. But he and I think he has the capability to do it. He also has to take some of that load of getting the ball when Nagby is getting bottled up or when everyone is gunning to stop him. You've got to be able to relieve that pressure, play smart. And play effectively. And it sure. doesn't always mean a 60-yard diagonal that springs a guy for a goal. don't need that every time. No, it means you've got to be able to just generally and often make simple plays that connect the ball to the offensive players who then can go and do the crazy things. But it's got to be at times where the defense isn't already rotated over and everybody's already kind of in. And so you get the ball to a guy and you give him a great square pass and then he looks up and he's got no options. Yeah. And then he plays it square to you. You look up, you have no options. You play it over to Nagby. He looks up, there's no... And, like, the play is slow. It's predictable. Mm -hmm. You can't be that guy. You've got to be able to, again, not a 60-yard pass. Six-yard passes do that, too. But you got to make them at the right spots that just get everyone going the wrong way for a half a second, and that springs your attack. Columbus Crew, home of Tiki Taka 2.0 this (laughs) year. That's That's it. All that's I'm what I expect. Talking about triangles and six-yard passes, and mm, that's all I'm thinking I know, about. Right? This is well. That's your football manager right there coming Me? out. Oh yeah, yeah for you, sure. Big digital digital manager there. The football. Love that. Yeah. So and then of course up top we know. Oh well, we we haven't. We'll get back to the back line in a second. We'll we'll talk about the top line. And then we'll kind of wrap up with who's going to stop shots because uh, we 
We've already started the season off with a little bit of a hiccup there, which we'll get to. Um, but we haven't even mentioned these guys yet, and I think it warrants mentioning Lucas Elrayon, Cucho Hernandez. I, I still forget that Cucho came in midway through the year last year. Yeah, so everything that we've talked about perhaps in a not glowing light with the crew and reasons to be tepid about expectations or not really having expectations or not really knowing what to expect is all saved by these two <laughs> these two guys. Yes, right, of course. I mean, th- th- that's, to me, what has to happen around the crew is those two guys have to be given the opportunities to flourish and not feel like they have to do everything. Yeah. They have to be able to trust their teammates. How many times do you see Lucas Elrayon coming back to almost midfield to receive the ball, mm-hmm. and then he's got to start the break, and he's got to start the attack? And that's what I'm talking about with some more happening in the midfield there where you've you've got to have guys that connect better to Zellerion in dangerous spots, not him going so far back to get the ball that then he's got to build the attack up from scratch. It can't happen that way. He's good enough to do it occasionally, on, again, situationally sure. when the game plan calls for it or when there's maybe just something. He can break you out of a funk, but that cannot be the way the offense typically works. And last year, that's what it seemed like. It was just he was doing that more often than he should. Yeah, there has to be more interconnectivity. Between yep. the back and then the lynch point and then the front. Yeah. Well, and, and you have to have things like, you know, Luis Diaz, when he gets out there, he he had a much better year, I think, being able to work with Zell Rayon and Cucho Hernandez. Like, I think I think he grew a little bit as a player. It's got to continue, right? You've got to mm-hmm. see, see some players taking those next steps. And then you're going to have to have some of the guys that are being brought in and asked to fill in on these wing spots. Like, you've got you've to see some improvement there, too. So, I don't know, man. I am I'm hopeful that the guys around those two can then improve enough that they don't feel like they have to do everything and then they can just be themselves and get back to score in the way that they're capable of which I think the two of them together for this whole season could be monstrous. I what mean, is your number for Cucho and then your number for them combined that you're looking at? Because well, I know at the beginning of the Premier League, you remember when we were talking about Erling Holland and coming in and I'm like 25 for him alone <laughs> and look at where he's at now. It's like, all right, well, well I don't know where is he now. He was he was pretty high up. Yeah, right. Okay, he's right around there. So he's already ticked that off. And that's with him having quote unquote a funk. Yeah. At some point. (laughs) (laughs) And being on a bad city team. A bad just just a bad team. Mm -hmm. A bunch of bad guys. What I heard. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's what I here's what I I have a number for. I have a number for Cucho. I don't. I'll say this for Cucho. I I want to see him get over twelve goals. Mine's fifteen. Okay. I was, I mean, I'm, I know that may sound like it's not a big, huge number. I think he's capable of more than 12 by a lot. I think he's capable of 20 Mm -hmm. depending on the season, right? Everything breaks his way. But my, my thought is that if he gets to 12 and it's like, that's it. If I'd rather him be dangerous and not score as many goals and him just take all the attention towards him and guys like Zella Ryan get a little bit more space and all the other guys that need to kind of have bigger, bigger seasons, they suddenly get a little bit more space. If he becomes the focal point and then late in the year, he starts scoring because now everyone's kind of adjusted to the team being good offensively. Then I don't, you know, I don't necessarily care what the number is, but I am focused on Zella Ryan, not on goals, but on assists. Yeah. I want Zella Ryan to be up in that 15 to 16 range mm-hmm. on assists. Like I want him to be pushing for some records for, for the crew Play for maker. a season. Yeah. And I, and I mean, for him, I'd like to see, I'd love to see it like a 10 and 15 type of year from Zella Ryan, 10 yeah. goals, 15 assists. So my like number that. for the both of them was 25, like coming in, yeah. knowing that we were going to do this is 25 between the two of them. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, I said 12 and 10. I mean, that'd be a 22. Yeah. Right. I think, I think 15 and 10 is not unheard of to your point. Or if it ends up being 13 and 12. Sure. Yeah. Like whatever. You're right. 25 is a really good number. And then I need, like I said, Zell Rounds going to assist on quite a few of those to Cucho, I would think, but he's just got to be assisting on quite a bit more this year. All I, I know him. is that please God, let there be more goals this year. Well, there has to be. Well, I mean, the hiring, the hiring of Wilfrey Nancy tells you that there will be. I think so. I mean, I th- I think this team is going to be what I expect out of them is, for example, going back to uh, Aiden Morris. I think Caleb Porter probably valued the fact that Aiden Morris goes out there and plays with his hair on fire sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think Wilfred Nancy is going to value 
Aiden Morris is actually a really talented player who needs to grow tactically. And he's got all the skill in the world to do this, but I need to now not have him. Like I can see Caleb Porter getting fired up that he was like just all over the place in some games. And then 80th minute, was there a problem with the crew after 80 minutes, 75 mm. minutes where everybody was gassed? I can't recall. It seems like that was a thing. They didn't I give up like, a lot of game winners, did they? <laughs> I feel like Wilfred Nancy is going to say, you know what? I don't care if you bust your ass for 80 minutes and then you're out of position for the last 10 or 15 and we give up goals and games and we lose games because of it. I would rather you play smarter, more tactical, mm-hmm. more sound. And if that means we're a little more boring at times, but we're going to find ways to win. Now that does mean I still think he's expecting goals. I don't think he's going to sit there and sure. say we're going to win a bunch of games one nothing. Yeah, but you got to pick out your times. Yeah, I mean, how you many do. To- how many times have you watched games? It's like if it's end to end, right? Just open back and forth. Like that's great as a spectator. Yeah, and then you get later in the games, and the team who has just, you know, if one side's tilted, like all right, I've got the ball in your half seventy percent of the time, or in your attacking third, and we're making runs and we're doing all this. Like, yeah, that's great to watch if your team is doing that. But at the same time, like, you can't do that for 90 minutes. You no, can't, you cannot no. do it. You can't do it for 30 minutes in a row. No. Like, you're going to have to be able to. And in my world, I'm envisioning, like, where it's almost a 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off. 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off. Now, depending the game and the situation, obviously, what you find yourselves in. But it's like, all right, reset. We're good defensively enough where we can take some pressure. We can kind of you know, bring that in. Our guys will be all right. Like, and then for the next 10 minutes, like it's going to be our ball and we're going to be whipping this thing all over the place and trying to find intricate ways of putting the ball into the net. I agree. I think it, I think one thing I heard from uh, Wilford Nancy when he was doing a, I think he said in his press conference, maybe on media day or one of the other preseason availabilities he had, but he said, you know, we're, we're expecting guys to make mistakes in training and we're looking for that, and it's okay, and we want guys to make mistakes because we want them to learn and grow. He said, when I got here, one of the first things I noticed was how tense everybody was. Mm. And I thought, like, well, maybe that's because you're the new head coach and everybody's like, oh, God, am I getting am I going to get shipped out of here? Like, what's going to happen? But I also think back to, again, not to keep ripping Caleb Porter, but Caleb Porter is known for his intensity in practices. He is known for his ability to basically scream, motivate you. <laughs> like he, he really gets down on guys who kick ass and take names. And, that's a hostile work environment. Yeah. But that's, that's what I'm saying is like, it becomes a thing where it's like, if you're not intense 24 yeah. seven, you and Caleb Porter are not going to get along. Right. Wilford Nancy like strikes me as a guy who, not, I don't think he smokes, but six, it strikes me as a guy who's going to sit back with a pipe and consider life before he makes a recommendation to you. Like, of the two, where Caleb Porter's going to be like, coach, my leg's broken. He's like, well, d- damn it. Like, figure it out. Like, yeah. get out there. Who cares? Like, I'm being exa- I'm just exaggerating. But, like, well, for Nancy's, I could see someone saying, like, hey, what do you think about this very simple soccer thing? And he's going to say, well, let's consider that. Let's mm-hmm. consider why you're doing that. Like, bringing the guys into the process of why they're trying to do this stuff. What is it that's happening? Why are you happening? taking the first touch all the time with your left? You're very good with your right. Yeah, whatever. What are, you, whatever. Yes, what are you doing that for? Is that just a habit thing or is there something you're doing that actually has value to your process? Yeah. And then if, breaking that stuff down a little bit more for these guys. And I'm not saying the other coaching staff didn't do that. Sure. I'm speaking very high level here, but from all accounts, from everybody who was around that locker room before, it was, this is a, this is a guy, Caleb Porter, who's going to try to, he wants you to compete over everything. Mm-hmm. Well, for Nancy strikes me as a guy who wants you to understand the game and play it the right way and, and there, play smart. There are different ways to lead and different ways to win. Yeah. Caleb Porter's been more successful so far in his career in MLS than Wilford Nancy has. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say that to disparage Porter. I'm saying, I think that style wore out its welcome and was done. And the track record follows that. That's what it's been everywhere. He's gone. So Wilford Nancy, on the other hand, if you look at what happened just in Montreal, and again, that's only one example we have, because he came up through the ranks as a reserve coach for Montreal, I believe if I'm not mistaken, but he in Montreal, his first year as head coach, it didn't go great. It was a slow start. They kind of built from there. And then last year they were great. Mm -hmm. So I think there is going to be some of that too, where we're going to have to prepare for a learning curve here with this team. Then you factor in, you've gotten rid of captain, Stalwart and Pedro Santos. You've got guys who have been Derek Etienne contributed big to that, you know, cup run. Obviously had a goal in MLS Cup. 
like these are guys who've been a big part of what's been going on. They're gone now. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have newer players, younger players getting some opportunities. There is going to be a change and it is going to take some time to get used to. Then you couple all that with, I'm sure it would have been less likely that they would have wanted to trade away someone who's like Jonathan Mensah. If they had thought, Oh, our starting and great goalkeeper that we have Aloy room, who we just are going to count on stopping shots. Now his visa is apparently not fixed. Because of so the way that I understood this and Bailey Johnson of the dispatch reported this. She does it by the way, Bailey Johnson, really good job. Great follow. Make sure you are following her crew fans. If you're not, because she's doing an excellent job and also covers women's basketball and does a great job with that too. So she reported that it's an issue with the crew contract wise, because Aloy room is a designated player. Now Aloy room going back to the Netherlands for some sort of immigration visa issue, trying to get his green card. If he gets his green card, becomes a citizen of the States, then the crew would be able to deem him for MLS standards. Or I don't know how this is working. Okay. So is he a designated player? I didn't know that part of it. So something to happen with him getting his green card so he doesn't have to be a designated player. Oh, okay. well, I think what we're talking about. That's the way that I. Are we talking about international roster spots? Because that's, yes. So MLS has a limited amount of, international players you can have but what they uh, but what of course can happen is if you come to the u.s you work here and play here for a few years you can get your green card and then mls says oh congratulations it's no longer an international slot so aloy room currently occupies an international slot they want him on a green card as i understand it so it opens it up another slot because they're full right now they want to they do this they've done this i want to say uh i think pedro santos at one point went through this i want to say maybe artur went through this But various players have done this over the years where they've gotten their green card. They come off the books as being an international roster spot. And now they're considered a domestic player, even though they're obviously not from the U S but they, once they get the green card, they are a domestic player. And then it's for MLS rules. It allows you some flexibility to go sign someone internationally. So when you already have plenty of internationals on the team, that's a big deal. So this is something that apparently has been held up because his green card is not approved and his work visa is expired from what I am guessing. Yes. But what I don't get is why you wouldn't just, I mean, I don't know how that works again. Cause I don't, I don't do know how the Dutch government law. and our government. Well, it sounds yeah. like it's our issue, right? Cause it's our, we have to do, it's our work visa. Like, he, right. I yeah, mean, you're I'm, right. I'm saying like, cause he was, he was here. I mean, there were the, the new Jersey got leaked because Aloy room, tweeted a picture out of Darlington Nagby wearing it from his Instagram at the photo shoot. So unless they did the photo shoot in the Netherlands, I'm guessing he was either in Miami or wherever they were doing preseason stuff in Florida, or he was up here. So he's, he's been in the U S recently. This appears to be an issue where he's just not allowed to work yet. Cause the visa issue is not cleared up. The green card required him to go back to the Netherlands and oh, go through the process. Has, oh, he has to go through the process in the Netherlands the process has taken the normal line. This is from Bailey. Uh, and he'll be back later this week, but will not play Saturday because he's he's missed just over a week of training. Oh, okay. So there's not been a delay in the green card process. It's just taken some time. The process has to be completed for the season begins in order for room not to occupy an international roster spot this year. There you okay. go. Yeah. Not okay. with a designated so, player, but international so is this, spot. So here's what I don't know, and I'm sure someone could probably figure this out. I mean, I should have, you know, given I do the soccer podcast. That's <laughs> what I'm supposed to have time to do. Um does this mean that he is like it? Cause I saw some people saying it like, well, they want an international roster spot open. That's why they're doing this. Yeah. If it's not that, and they're saying, Oh no, we've already used all our international roster spots. We can't we expected him to be off the books now because right. the green card thing would have happened. That's not great. Cause that doesn't mean you're opening something up for future. Well, we're going to get a guy to come in and fill that. That sounds more like, uh, I mean, again, maybe that's the case. Hopefully this is opening up a spot. Not, there is no spot, and we already had him. We already filled it because we thought he'd be good. Either way, and I know Pat Murphy, he tweeted something like, this isn't on the crew, this is on, you know, the green card process. This is on the immigration stuff. And it's like, but it is on the crew because this is what they wanted to do. The crew, they could have easily left him as an international spot and not made him do the green card thing. He can do whatever he wants on that on his own personal time. But this timeline matters because of roster management with the crew. So 
let's not get that all screwed up. So the reasoning behind Room wanting to get his green card, and this is coming from Murph on Massive okay. Report, has to do with MLS roster rules. According to these rules, each MLS team can have eight international roster spots, but those can be traded. The crew acquired a ninth international roster spot and a trade with Sporting Kansas City in January, but Room getting his green card means the black and gold would have more flexibility to add another international player to the roster. Okay, so great. What I don't get is why this isn't done so far ahead of time. Two months ago? Well, and what I also don't, again, I'm not, I'm, this, I'm, my frustration there is not with Pat. My frustration is. Mine is. Okay, fine. My, I'm just saying you traded and got an extra spot. And I know they need to get this all done before MLS season starts. Why is this all happening? If this is the normal amount of time it takes for a green card to happen, why is this being done last minute? And I'm going to try to bite my tongue on this and say as little as I can without saying a lot, but. If the crew do things last minute with rosters and international spots and everything else from the media side of things, that would not surprise me. Do you know how many times Beamer we have gotten a message that's like, come out to this thing. It's a big thing for the crew media, all the media in Columbus. We want you to come out. What time do they schedule it? 5 PM. And now that doesn't work for me because I do an afternoon radio show, but that's not what I'm talking about. How many two weeks in advance? How many sports anchors in this town do news reports at 5 p.m.? I'm going to guess all the big ones do sports at 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. and 11 p.m. Those are the times you probably shouldn't schedule your big giant media thing or like come on out for taste of the crew and let, why didn't the media cover this? Because you planned it at times that the media guys aren't going to go because they're doing live television. They've not complained about that to me. I'm just reading it and looking at it myself going, <laughs> you want media people to come to a thing, put it at noon. Why, why are all the Ohio State press conferences at noon? Why are all your press conferences at noon? Because mm-hmm. that's when you do it. You don't do it at 5 p.m. Anyway, rant off. They've also, they also give a nice runway. <sighs> yeah, I'm sending out an email three days before the event. Oh, you can't make it? Why is that? Yeah, because you told me three days ago that it's happening, and I already had plans. Sorry. Anyway, that I just I'm just saying would not surprise me if the crew do everything last minute because they do a lot of things last minute in my experience. But whatever. Here's the good news: the game that Eli Room's going to miss is the easiest game you can bet in your life. Because I don't know what happens about the crew when they go to Philadelphia. I don't know why it is this way. Philadelphia has there's no explanation for this because Philadelphia is way better than the crew last year and this year. Go ahead and pretty much mark this down anytime those teams play. It's going to be 0-0. Zero, zero. Nil-nil draw. And you know what? That's that a great suit, result. That would suit me just fine <laughs> if that's what happens in this one. But it makes, I'm telling you, it makes no sense that that would happen this weekend. Because, like I said, Philly's better. Shouldn't happen. You're on your backup goaltender. You have a bunch of new guys. New but coach. Go, not knowing what to expect. But you know what? Nil, nil. Somehow it's going to end up nil-nil because that's just what it is. The 0-0 <laughs> zero, zero draw is what I'm expecting. So anyway, there you go. Uh, That's our little crew season preview. Unless you have anything else you want to add to that. Big Jason Russell Rowe guy this year. There you go. Told you that. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, We'll take a break when we come back. MLS has playoff changes to the rules. They're dumb. This is awesome. (laughs) And Champions League goes haywire. All that next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Now back to Bone and Beam United. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. So we have plenty of more things to get into. With Beamer's looking at some lines. Did you see what the zero zero draw for Saturday would be as of right now? I did. So if you're looking at the live odds, Philly to win the game is minus one fifty five. Crew to win the game is plus three sixty. Again, you put a hundred dollars down, you win three hundred sixty dollars back. You put ten dollars down, be you win nice. thirty six. This is how I do. I work in increments of hundreds because I feel I know, like it's just the easy. I, I work with tens. Cause that's what I, that's, that's what I do. Cause I'm uh, really, I work with thousands, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, plus two seventy for a draw. Now, if you wanted to go, which I like doing picking correct score lines and just putting like two, $3 on this. Cause some of it can get pretty wonky. Uh, correct score line for the crew in Philly to be nil, nil this weekend in the season opener for both teams is 10 to one odds at plus mm. 1000. All right. I like that. I'm going to, I'm thinking that's probably one I'm going to go look at. I'm going to probably do that. And then do we have like season MLS cup odds out of curiosity? Give me what just like what the crew are. Like, give me the top five or six and then what the crew actually are. All right. Los Angeles FC. Yeah, no shock. LAFC, uh, your 
preseason favorite at five to one odds to win mm-hmm. MLS Cup. Yep. Philadelphia Union right behind them at plus six fifty. Yep. And then you get a pretty significant drop off. I bet from those two favorites. NYCFC at ten to one, mm-hmm. and then you get Montreal at twelve to one, LA Galaxy at fourteen to one, and then Red Bulls uh, at seventeen to one. By the way, Austin at eighteen to one. If you're interested in that, Cincinnati at twenty three to one, your Columbus Crew at twenty nine to one. Oh hey, love being doubted and counted out. That's what you want. It's motivation, baby. Let's yeah. see top scorer in the league, Lucas Zellerion clocking in at 29 to 1 to be the top wow. scorer in MLS this year. So you parlay that and MLS Cup winners, and you're making bank if that happens. I mean, that's parlay those two together. I think you'd bet like $7, and, and then if it hit, yeah. you'd make $1.3 billion. That's correct. That's rough math on my part, but it'd be, yeah. Why so, am I, Cucho Hernandez is not even on this list. Really? Well, see if you can find an other. Like, is there, do they list just anybody that's not listed? If Cucho's not listed and you took an other, that'd so be. So they have Chicharito at yeah. number one at plus 650. And I'm looking for Hernandez on this list. And they, he's just not, not on the list to be the league's top scorer. Wow. They're so sleeping, again, Lucas they're sleeping on 29 our boy. to one. They're sleeping on our guy. That's shocking to me. How dare they? Well, you know what? As soon as you see the odds pop up again, I don't think this is likely to happen, but we're just talking about if you want to put some good mojo on your team, Cujo Hernandez being off the board, the second he gets on the board, he's not going to be a high number. Right. Right. So I would just say maybe that's one to look at. Cause he certainly got the potential to be a league leading scorer. I know I was saying 12 or 15 would be fine with me, but he has the potential to go over 20. Sure goals. He does look at the way he started off the year last year when yeah. he came in. And I again, I just to clarify that for people who are like, why would you say 12 or 5th? That's ridiculously low. He should be way better than that. We're paying him all this money. What I'm getting to is I want this team to be sound around him. And if he scores 12 or 15, but he is actually drawing defense to him and getting guys to get way more space and they're finishing, I don't care if he has 12 goals or 22. I just want the offense to be efficient beyond him, beyond Lucas El Rayon. I want other players to be efficient as well in this. I don't need it to all just be on one guy, but that is going to be, I mean, that's definitely going to be a thing. We want to see him score. I mean, I'm shocked to know he's not on the list. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I am too. That's very odd. Um, All right. So MLS playoff rule changes. They came out and this is, I want to point out that MLS season is starting this week and we didn't know, like (laughs) the teams don't know to build the rosters. Now I would hope, Tim Bezbachenko can call up someone and be like, hey, what the hell's happening? F nuts. What's going on over there? That's what I would do. If I, every time I call MLS <laughs> anyway, that's what I say. <laughs> but I just, I don't know, man. I, I just wonder how do you build a roster when it's like, what do we need to do to get in the playoffs? Oh, okay. Like you might want to value things a little bit differently. If you know, you have to win a three game series to advance in the playoffs, or you might want to avoid that series. If you can, Whatever, like, I, I don't or this know. This is like, going to be a one-off. Yeah, what are we doing? So the new rules, if you don't know what the old rules were, was eight teams get in, and then it's just... Oh, seven yeah, sorry, it was... You're right, it was seven teams with a... There was a bye at the top, mm-hmm. and so the first team got a bye, and the other six would play each other, and you just had a one-off. And then the next round, you have a one-off, and that was it, and it's kind of easy to understand. Now MLS was like, that's too simple. Mm-hmm. Let's go complicate it. So now... Uh, eight spots occur in the playoffs. Am I wrong? It's eight nine. on each side. Well, what I'm saying is eight and nine, there's a play-in <laughs> yeah. for the eighth spot. You know how many teams are in MLS this year? 29? 29. It and took me, because Shark asked me on our morning show, or maybe Bob asked me, like, how many teams? And I'm like, going through my head, I'm like, I don't, you threw that at me too fast. When, I don't know. There's been so this, many expansion teams that. When we started this podcast, there were approximately 16 teams. And now, no, yeah. it wasn't quite that, but I think it was, it was like 20 something. It was like 22 or 24. Yeah. I want to say when we started this podcast and now we're up to 29 and it was St. Louis is the new team. Is yep. that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I, I forget who's coming in. Don't at me. I don't, you know what? I don't care about the, I don't care about the Ponzi schemeification of MLS. <laughs> I am someone whose team was here from the beginning. So if MLS expands or contracts doesn't affect me, my team is the original team. So I don't care. Everybody else can go to hell. That's no, those aren't necessarily real. Take that, F nuts. Yeah, that's right. 
you're you're you just started selling Advocare, St. Louis. I am Advocare. <laughs> I make those products and sell them to you. Yeah, I get that get that Amway face cream and vitamin, or I don't even know what I don't even know what Amway and Advocare sell anymore. Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even know if those are legal products to sell. Quite honestly, I have no clue. I'm just saying we are at the top of the pyramid. You guys are way down here, you newbies, you bottom feeders. Yeah, FC Cincinnati. You're like, well, I've got two feeders under me now. It's like, I got you under me. You feed me. I eat because of you. I do nothing. And you win and you do all this stuff and we still get paid up you here at the great top. And Mary Kay. <laughs> I'm driving a pink Cadillac. <laughs> you have what? A pink wallet? What'd you even get for that? Your crappy year. Wooden spoons. That's what you get most years. All right. Anyway, not last year. I got it. Anyway, so I don't, whatever. So now here's the playoff format. Again, it is playing for eight and nine. So eight and nine play each other. Winner of that one game goes into the big bracket, goes into the big bracket. And then your first game in the big bracket is three games, which is <laughs> so stupid. It's not aggregate scoring. No, it's, it's just a one. It's a, it's a best of three. Take all first to two wins. Yes. So there's, so in these three game series that you're going to play, you're going to then have to, there's, they're going to go to extra time and penalties just like a knockout round game in the world cup. But then you play 120 minutes and have a penalty kick and you're up one, nothing. And then four days later, you got to go do that all again. Mm -hmm. And if you lose that one, that maybe goes to extra time and you play 120 minutes, then you got to play a third one where you've actually played seven games to play three because of the (laughs) amount of time that you have to play extra just to get through these damn games. And then, Oh yeah, by the way, we have the rest of the playoffs after this. And then after that, then now you play the important games. Great job. And I know what they're going to say is like, well, one, our TV partners wanted this and our ownership wants to see home games. Yeah. Except when you're in the play in game, you don't get a home game. If you're the ninth team, right? You, the eighth seed gets that. And then the eighth seed's going to get another home game guaranteed to them by being in, or I guess they won't. Cause you don't know if they're going to win, but whatever. If you get into that second round, first round, whatever, then each of you gets a home game, yay, but the higher seed gets two home games. Woohoo. Meanwhile, this is I'm already like my eyes are glazing over, like you said. I just I cease to care about how they want to do this. Honestly. Just play a game, one game, winner moves on, loser goes home. And do that one week at a time so everybody but it's has time not to recover. Good for our partners and it's not good for the others because <sighs> we want home games. Yeah. Again. Don Garber, the Ponzi schemer himself. I'm trying to do the math on the fly, which is a terrifying thing. So last year, there were, in round number one, there were six games, right? Second uh, seed played the six. Or excuse me, second seed played the seven. Seventh, yeah. And then the second round. So there were six games in the first round. Then there were. Oh, you mean six total, three six on each total side. Games. Yeah. And then there were four in the next round, two, yeah. and then one. So 13 games. That 13 right. games with 14 teams. Now doing the math, you get two play-in games. And two, then two play-in games. Eight rounds. Well, not eight. You have four rounds of potentially three games apiece, right? Because if you have like one versus eight, two versus four, so that's four matchups with potentially three games in each of them on each side. So that's 16. No, that's 24. 24. Potentially. On one side. No, both sides. Total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Combined. Because okay. you'd, have, you'd have 12 on one side, th- a three-game matchup for four times. Yep, you're right. So that's 12, plus then the other side is another 12. That's 24. So now our 26 games, how many did you say total last year? 26 games. Last year, there were 13. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to the semifinals. Which is another two. The conference two. semifinals, which is another two. And then conference finals, there's one so of another each of those. Two. 31 potential game. 31 potential playoff games. It's, <laughs> I don't. How does that dude, happen? How many? So you it play, won't get to. It won't get to thirty one. What do you play in MLS? You play thirty six or thirty seven games somewhere like that. I think you play roughly between thirty five and thirty seven games somewhere <laughs> in that range. Okay, so your one round of the playoffs is roughly ten percent of your season. Wow. One round. The opening round of your playoffs is just, which I guess in some ways, good that that round of the playoffs it doesn't come down to just a fluke goal happening and you're out. At least then, if you're going to have a fluke goal happen, it's going to happen in a much more important game. Mm-hmm. But still, it's kind of, ugh, I don't like it. Stupid. Anyway. I'm just glad to know 
that they did this in great timing. They Impeccable did it in great timing. Yeah, two uh, days, two before, days the before the season starts. It's great. We now announce all this. So that's cool. Um, just remember, if you want to watch any of this soccer, at least not the playoff stuff, but the stuff that leads to the playoffs, all of it except the national games that are on Fox or whatever, you're going to have to pay at least $80 to watch all yeah. these games, including your own home team. So just be aware that uh, you're literally going to have the diehards of diehards watching these games and no one else. Play. I, I bet the playoff ratings go down this year per game. Probably. They probably get more total aggregate viewers because they're going to have more games. Like you just said, inventory is going to go up, up, up. But they are going to lose on the day-to-day ratings because you are going to not have people familiar with these teams and they're going to show them on national TV in the fall and they're going to say, cool, I'm watching football. I, I wasn't. I didn't even know this team existed. I wasn't mm-hmm. watching them. I don't pay any attention to them. And I'm I'm sad to say, but I I think that's what's going to happen with Apple TV. Hope not, but it could. Uh, all right, real quick, let's switch gears to Champions League. This is, I know that to my friends who don't watch soccer, explaining Champions League is such a difficult thing for them to wrap their heads around. But compared to Ex- what we just went that's through? That's what I'm saying. Compared to talking about MLS and how convoluted that is, I feel like this is no-brainer, very easy to understand. Yeah, Don't I, you? Yeah, yeah you man. found out that problem. Like Champions League for me, it's like, oh, you, you mean to tell me they play in their own league against teams in their own countries, and then if they finish top four, they play in this magical league against teams from all over Europe. It's like, yeah, that seems pretty okay to understand, but. <sighs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it is, man. It's easy for me to understand, but I guess that's because we're familiar with it. That's the problem. That's, yeah, you're right. You're going to have, but here's what you're going to have with MLS. The reason there are a lot of people who will go out of their way to figure out how Champions League work is because at the end of it, I get to see awesome players. I get to see Vinicius Jr. play, right? You get the privilege of watching some of these great, talented, you get to ridiculous watch players. Courtois and Allison, well, and their stalwarts goalkeeping. <laughs> right. Okay. Sometimes you don't get to see the best you of all time Loris ever. Carius. <laughs> yeah. This was. This was again. Not everything in these games is always great, <laughs> but the point is you get to see Liverpool and Real Madrid. Yeah. Now, if you're going to try to figure out the MLS playoff structure, it's so you can watch, I don't know, Austin play St. Louis or St. Lou or FC St. Lou or out in the Lou, Lou, St. Lou. I don't know. From the Lou and I'm proud. <laughs> right. From the Lou and proud. Yeah. That's, that's Pat Murphy. That's your guy. Yeah. Anyway. So whatever that game was off the hinges. It was uh, two to nothing early for Liverpool where I'm we're watching the studio and I look up and I go, Ooh, how'd they get two nothing? And I see everybody celebrating. And then I look up and see why it's two to nothing. And I'm like, Oh my God, what a horrible mistake there. Well, the first goal too, by Darwin, like you could see with Liverpool, like they looked like vintage Liverpool for the mm-hmm. first 15 minutes in this game. We're going to press, we're going to press, we're going to press, we're going to press Darwin Nunez has great little, I don't even know what you call it. Like back heel flick onwards, yeah. like had Courtois dead to rights. Yeah, just great. Smoked him. So they're up one nil in the first four minutes of the game. Anfield is rocking. Yeah. Rocking. I thought, I thought, well that, and then I saw the second goal, which was oh, yeah. a terrible misplay by Courtois. Yeah. He bumped it off. Like he brought it down and I think the ball bumped higher than he thought it hit his knee. It was a bad touch. And then Mo Salah is there. Like he will chop your head off with an ax if yeah. given the chance. Yeah. And he did that. And it's 2-0, and it's like, boy, this Real Madrid might them might play themselves out of this. I thought out it of was going to be quickly over at that point because I thought there's no way they're not scoring two or three more in this one, the way Anfield's going. And boy, was I wrong <laughs> because I looked back up and I'm like, how is it 2-2? Because, I'm, again, I'm doing the radio show and mm. I'm not paying attention to this. And I look up and I see that Allison has misplayed a ball. <laughs> And was it Vinny who was there that just pounced on it? Yeah, he okay. just literally threw it his just, foot it, at it, and then it went right well, over it, back over Allison's head. And, I shouldn't say goal. Allison totally misplayed that. It was, oh, I don't know who hit that diagonal 60-yard yeah. ball that sprung that whole play mm-hmm. for Real Madrid, but whoever it was from their back line just made a hellacious pass that then put the defender was, I don't, I didn't even, again, because I'm watching this in the show, and I see it where... Whoever was defending for Liverpool plays it back in like a really tough spot to Allison, and he's like, ah, and it tries to just, boot it up the field. And he Vinny compl- gets his, then yeah. he completely miffed it, and it just hits Vinny right and easy. I like just hit him, and it bounced in. Yeah, and it was just like the easiest goal you could ever score. Literally two of the best goalies on the planet. 
yes, making big time completely mistakes. Completely biffing. And then not only after that, I mean, that was the first 25 minutes, 30 minutes of the game. It's like, yeah. all right, well, we, we've gone from 2-0 to this tie being over to now 2-2. And then Real Madrid just unsheathing their sword in the second half and saying, hey, we're Real Madrid. Watch this. Hey, remember we have this guy, Kareem Benzema? Oh, still remember that guy? Good. Still good. They scored two minutes into the second half of a header on a free kick. Yeah. Dude, and at that point, it's like, wow, we've gone from Liverpool getting into the round of eight to now, liver, like, you're dead. You're oh, dead. after just the third goal, you're yeah. like, uh-oh, this is a problem. That's three at home. That's not great. And then it became more than that because mm-hmm. then it ends up being, what, five to two five was the final? Now, that's, good news for Liverpool fans, if you have any, is that away goals are not a thing in Champions League anymore. Oh, that's right. I forgot. But, but still, it's five goals. You're going to have to go to the Bernabeu and score at least three and keep yeah, them I mean, off the score sheet. It's Yeah, regardless of there being the tiebreaker, it's the fact that now you have to go on the road and all that Real Madrid has to do is not lose by three goals. Right? Seems like a pretty attainable task for yeah, them. Yeah, seems like something. Again, assuming that Courtois is not just misplaying the ball that's easily passed to him. So I forget because I I knew you had that huge parlay. Mm-hmm. Who'd you have? You had Real Madrid in that one. I had so it was off the off the heels of last week. I had City beating Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was Benfica and their matchup of the Champions League last week. But you had all this right. And then it was Chelsea losing to Dortmund. So I had three. I had three right, and then I had the two. Yesterday, and then I had Real the Madrid. On Tuesday. I had Real Madrid beating. Liverpool. Liverpool and Napoli beating Eintracht Frankfurt mm-hmm. and both of those hit yesterday. Look at you. So you are betting thousands now. Cause I saw the payout on that. Pretty good. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Well, Meredith you know goes, you're going to have to pay taxes on this. You know, I said, you're the math major in the family. You deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would have probably, this is me. This is how I would respond. I'd be like, yeah, you know who has to pay taxes on things? Elon Musk, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, right? Get on my level. Yeah. Like it's, I'm, I'm paying taxes on nice winnings. She I'm, said, "What are you going to buy with your winnings? Are you going to buy a PS5? You know, because I've been talking about that. She's making me feel bad. She's like, you got a baby on the way. You can't buy a PS5 right now. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly you right. Know. She's 100 right. I know she is, and I have, I've abstained. And then I looked at her and I said, "You're the one who wants a bottle of Crystal for your push gift. I'm going to buy that with it." <laughs> And then she goes, all right, it's fair. And I said, yeah. well, I can't buy myself a PS5, but buying you a $300 bottle of champagne, mm-hmm. I don't even know how much that costs. That's right. I, don't, I wouldn't know. I would say you should get yourself the PS5 as a, if, if she's getting a push gift, you should be getting a catch gift. Where it's like, oh, I got to catch this sucker when he comes give, out I of there. I got to give the doctor my I, PS5? No, no, you're, catch, you're catching the baby. Is that how it works? Yeah, you're, I don't know if you heard that. They, they've downsized a little bit. Doctors, okay. they just <laughs> swing in real quick and stamp a little thing on their head and be like, yeah, they're good. That's a kid. And then they leave. Put the QR you do, code on. You do every. Fine. It's all DIY now. <laughs> Bring your scissors. Got to, got to get that umbilical cord off some way, buddy. It's all on you. That was a great mental image. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> hey, by the way, prepare for not mental but actual images to be downloaded into your brain for life. Now, after that, you're gonna have a new thing. You're gonna see all. All is gonna be there. The miracle of life. You're gonna be front and center. I'm super excited. <laughs> I would say I am someone who passes. I've passed out watching Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I, I, I almost passed out at Tecumseh, the outdoor drama, because so gory. And it's these are not, I mean, they're, they're not even that violent. But they're, like, I don't watch slasher flicks. I don't watch, you know, Hostile. Those, Saw, I can't, not your, I'm not, I can't not your, do that. I can't do tempo. that. So I'm saying Reservoir Dogs got me and Tecumseh got me. I've been through three births. Was able to stay upright. Did Good. not did All not right. pass out. I have to get fanned. So I'm just saying. I'm not saying that's everyone. I'm just saying. Don't lock your knees. Don't lock your knees. That's exactly right. And make sure there is a chair around you. Mm-hmm. Like be be prepared to possibly get a little woozy. But all right. Uh, anything else you want to get into? Big F, a big uh, Carabao Cup final coming up here this Sunday. Newcastle and Manchester United. Oh, that's oh yeah. Uh, you know what? I I don't know what Carabao is. I don't even so know. I still so I still can't get excited about the Carabao Cup, even yep. though I know it's important. In England. Also, Newcastle's goalie, Nick Pope, got red carded against Liverpool, is unavailable for the final. Their second keeper, Martin Dubrovka, was cup tied because he was on loan to Manchester United. They are on their third goalkeeper, Loris Karius, who in the last time in a cup final, let two slip by him against Real Madrid when playing for Liverpool. That's, wow. And he will play like vintage 
Manuel Neuer this Sunday. <laughs> That's one thing I'm guaranteeing. <laughs> just out of nowhere, we'll have the greatest yeah. game of his life. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, raise either whatever you people drink in Manchester or a Newcastle Brown Ale this this fine <laughs> Sunday. And I hope you enjoy the game if you're watching. If you're and a fan crew, of either of those teams. Crew opener. Crew opener on Saturday. Of course, you can hear all the action on your home of the crew. We just found out again. That's a thing. Nice. 97.1 The Fan. Yay. So listen there. Or pay Apple 100 bucks and watch it, which is probably what we're all going to do. But <laughs> we're also going to listen to it because yes. you should. And you can listen. I would mention you can listen on the app. And that's good when there's like Buckeye or Blue Jackets hockey and you're like, where's the game? Go on the app because there's alternate it. streams and you can find it there. All right. I think that's it for us. We'll get out of here. Let Beam leave. He's been here for seven hours mm-hmm. already. All right, Beamer, have a good weekend. Uh, for our producer, Bodie, I am, I've, I almost said Smitty. I'm Smitty with Catholic <sighs> That's radio. an old. Christian radio. That's an Catholic. old reference to. Celtic uh, fan over here. WUFM 88.7 Radio U. It's a good band number you had. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, that's not, that's not where I am now. I'm T-Bone. He's Beam. We'll see you next week. I'm going to go drink. See you later.